It's the cut. Episode 43. <laughs> Back at it again. Yes, sir. Your host, Ryan and Paul. Paul and Ryan, man. We got a special guest on the day, my boy Billy. Billy Hoyle. Let's get it. What's happening, man? Hey, man. What's going on with y'all? Hey man, you know what? We're coming off a holiday weekend. You know, we 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 have some special things going on. Uh my boy Jams, big performances. Uh you were there, Billy. What's going on, man? How was it? What you think? It's a great weekend, man. Uh Sunday the fourth, we got to chill out a little bit, hit the studio again. And uh yeah, man, it was just a good time. It's always a good time in Chicago. Good spending time with James always. So, you know, it's a good time. Yeah, man, I saw you had some other stuff going too, man. Uh, go ahead and run this down. What's your uh, 2021 looking like after the pandemic? Um, So, dropped a project in March with my boy BD uh, called Beat Bully Oil. Then, you know, just kept it pushed to jams. Me and BD got another couple lined up. We'll probably see another one before the end of 2021. I got some solo projects, just like producer tapes me a bunch of different artists that um i'm gonna try to squeeze in there those like my own personal projects are always the back burner between the stuff with bd and jams so i'm just gonna see where those fit in uh, i have a few beat tapes i could really drop whenever and a few like remix projects i do a lot of remixes and edits and blends i have about like four volumes of those they're called billy bootleg that I can really drop whenever. It's just finding the spacing because, you know, I don't want to be rolling that out or pushing it and it overlap with my music with BD or James. So just finding like that sweet spot where I can roll things out, man. That That's really what 2021 and hopefully the rest of my life looks like, you know, figuring that stuff out. Just keep, uh, you know, music pushing, being in and out of Chicago and in and out out of some other cities man so yeah man it's exciting i, I look forward to it all uh there's a a lot of figuring stuff out um but that's half the fun you know that's yeah, no fun. it's definitely the journey man it's definitely the journey how you uh for people out there who don't know you uh run us down man how, how did you get into music you know what were some of your influences and, and just your story in general yeah man i'm a, I'm a producer out of pittsburgh um, I got into music just, I started playing trombone in fourth grade, sixth grade, I took up the drums and I played the drums all throughout middle school and high school. Um, and just, you know, I, I was, you know, hip hop's the music of my generation. So I was naturally drawn to that even, you know, elementary school and after high school in college, I was a little bit lost musically. I didn't know where to go from, I didn't know how what I had already done musically translated into hip hop. You know, there wasn't a million YouTube tutorials on making beats, software wasn't easily accessible. So I just didn't really know how to transition. And um, I got really into blogging, which is actually how I ended up meeting Jams. I was blogging at the time. I had a pretty popular blog out of Pittsburgh and uh, naturally, I found my way into producing. I was able to get some software and just kind of develop that craft over time to get to, you know, it's been a journey for sure. But music started with just being a fan. Um, I was raised by my grandparents. 
So I was raised on a lot of Motown, really. Like my earliest memories were really of Motown. And that was really an easy transition for me into hip hop because the music at that time, you know, there was a lot of sample based, a lot of sample based music. And they were sampling sounds that I knew from my grandparents. So that was an easy bridge. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, I was able to explain to my grandparents that bridge. It made it very, you know, I was able to translate to that, why that was the music of my generation, why I resonated towards it so heavily, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, man, just been been pushing and doing music ever since, really, but like fourth grade, I had like, maybe after I graduated high school, I had like a year or two where I was just, I don't know, I was kind of, didn't know, I was like, oh, I guess that's the end of it. You know, I wasn't gonna be in a band playing trombone or drums that just wasn't really like all that appealing to me. And I'm not like, I'm not a good player. I was on the composition side, I was a little bit more literate, but as far as like playing the trombone or playing drums, like I wasn't very good, you know, just so it, you know, um, I, I enjoyed doing it and I just enjoyed being around the creation of music, which is why blogging was like a really natural thing at the time. This is like late 2000s. Um, and as a blogger, you just got into certain rooms, you know, just even that studio session that we were at Friday. Like, if you look at a lot of the kids that were in there with us, like those dudes, if they were at the age they are now in the late 2000s, they would have been bloggers. Right. Like, that's the natural transition of blogging. Like, blogs kind of went away, but the Instagram pages that we see and everything, they are blogs. They're just not being carried out on separate web pages and everything. They're being, you know, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter as blogs, really. You know, they have their own websites, too, but that's kind of where, like, you know, they're really eating off of that. So that's who you see, and that's really what I wanted to be. I wanted to be involved in the process. And... um at one point, just sitting there and that level of involvement, just being around the creation, really wasn't enough for my appetite. So I had to, like, you know, get in and, and make the music myself. Yeah. And so so I remember uh, they had a couple of different programs. And I think me and uh, me and C talked about it. I know he knows about this stuff. Fruity Loops and, and what's some of the other yeah. ones, the early ones. The early ones. I, I don't know all the names, but... Man, a lot of people, man, were just messing around, you know, the beats, the drums, the uh, trying to make beats. And, and I remember I remember some of those early beats, man. It was like, man, you know, this is rough. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I, I use FL Studio. Pretty okay. That's where I started at. I think that was a, like really accessible to a lot of kids my age. I mean, we had it downloaded in like elementary school because you could get the demo, you know. Um, you could download the demo. Some of the early ones I, I toyed around with were Reason. Reason was one that I know like a lot of people my age started with too, because I think you could get like a free download or something like that. Um, Logic was an early one. A lot of people still use Cubase, Studio One. Um, those are some really early ones I remember. You know, you still see a lot of people use logic and fl studio i don't know too too many people that still use studio one or cubase 
but the people that do use it are just like incredible. You know, if you've been using the same software and most of them really are capable, a lot of the same stuff, it's just the workflow that differs. So a lot of people who've been using those for like damn near 20 years now are such masters of it that, you know, but yeah, those are some of the early ones. FL for sure. Like it was kind of crazy. Like FL started or like was mainly known as like software that electronic producers use. You know, and in like the mid mid two thousands, late two thousands, like if you were someone trying to do hip hop or doing hip hop out of FL, you kind of got clowned a little bit. Like one based off the name, like Fruity Loop Studio, it just didn't have like the same like name recognition and things like that. The default BPM at the time was like the standard 130, 140 BPM that you would see in electronic music. But like Ninth Wonder was really the person who made it like acceptable to use FL Studio and do hip hop. <laughs> the, those early, early days of FL Studio, man, like Neto and I were talking about it in Tunnel, like the learning curve back then was so steep because there just weren't the YouTube tutorials. There wasn't like, there's a plethora of information out there now. Not all of it's good, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of YouTube channels and just a lot of people out there with like such incredible information that if you're like, what took me like five to seven years to learn about FL Studio just on my own or getting with people, you can learn in like maybe a year, two years now, just with like the wealth of information. And, and, and you mentioning that because really YouTube, you, YouTube videos are everywhere, right? So you mentioning that yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, is there a hierarchy of like producing and even, even, you know, anybody trying to get into the music of, uh, you know, uh, what do they call them? Like the, like the naturalists or like the, or, you know what I'm saying? The people who, 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 they want to start from the bottom, just learning it themselves, step by step, versus the people who learn it on that accelerated YouTube program. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to ask? Like, is, is there kind of yeah. like a, a more respect in the producing world? Like, nah, you didn't. You know what I'm saying? You, you learn this way, but, but you ain't start. You ain't start from the trenches like we did. You know. So you can have everything at your disposal and make trash, and you can have very little and make gold. So it, it's, it's all, you know, there is a lot of gatekeeping. Um, I've been guilty of that in the past. It's a, it's a, it's something I've worked to like, just trying to get out of my mind, like not be like that because I, there's just, it doesn't serve anything like that. No one really benefits from hating on the next man. Like I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to do how I do it. I know what the end result's gonna be. What what other people are doing is really no concern of mine, as long as the output's good. Right. And, and as a, and as an artist, sometimes you you're in your zone, right? So you got projects that you got going on. You got you got your own projects. You got the projects that you're working on for different artists and stuff. And, and when I hear gatekeeping, I mean you're 100 correct. Sometimes some people are just trying to block others' blessings, right? They don't want to work with them or put them on or whatever case may be. But sometimes you might just be busy. <laughs> You might be yeah. busy. Hundred percent, man. And like, kind of like the the gatekeeping thing is where I was at with it. I can only speak for myself. Is you know, it it can be a little bit frustrating 
um, when you've been doing something seven, ten years, and some someone who's been doing it for two or three seemingly has made more progress. You know what I mean? But everyone's journey is different. Just because that's where they're at in three years doesn't mean that that's where they're going to be at in seven or, or anything like that. And at the end of the day, like, I, I do this to express myself. I do this as, like, you know, um, I really enjoy doing it. I really enjoy doing it. And the purest form of it is I can translate my feelings or I can translate an expression of myself. I can translate my energy into something. Uh, who, who's your influences, Billy? Who, if you, if you could describe your style, uh, how you like to produce, or the beats that you you create, like uh, you, you mentioned your grandmother and and your grandfather, your grandparents, and that type of music. But like, as far as producers are concerned, man, who 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 was really like your influence, and and, and you modeled your career after? I'd say my first major influence producing musically was Kanye. Um, I was just the right age, like. Music was kind of changing, and what Kanye was doing was a lot of uh, soul sample-based production. And it just made a lot of sense to me. It felt good. So Kanye was the first one. And, you know, kind of think from that, like, you pay attention to <clears throat> conversations about Kanye, his production style, interviews, and you find his influences. And you go through that. And... Um, you know, Premier was a big is a influence on me. Um, Jay Dilla is like at this point in my life really like, you know, Dilla's a producer's producer. Um, you know, you look at a lot for him, like not just like the music he was making, but his overall approach to music. Um, that's really where I got the, the ideology where it's like, yo, know, it's just about the music. Like, it's not about, like, what everyone's saying about you or anything like that. It's just about the music. Like, just about the music. Um, Mad Libs, another one of those dudes. Like, Mad Libs. You know, and it's like, if you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. Like, you know, this is for me. So Mad Libs, another big one. Um, Alchemist. Like, Alchemist is a huge one. Like, one of my favorite songs ever is we gonna make it by jada and styles and like that beat that alchemist beat is just like i don't know it's just like that's you know and um rizza i i grew up like i got into wu-tang early for someone my age from where i was from so like rizza's production heavily all wu-tang even like static selective um Static's like a big influence. Like what he's been able to do and just like, you know, those producer albums, like him doing his own thing is like, is major to me. You know, he's an album producer and then he also has his own, his own albums, which to me, not that he's the first to do it, but for me, he, he was the first one I saw doing it constantly. You know, um, Static's a big one. I mean, Pharrell, Pharrell was like a really, I don't think like if anybody heard my music, they'd ever necessarily think like a Pharrell or a Timberland was like, you know, I don't think you hear it in my sound, but like, I don't like the clips were a big part of like my childhood. 
you know, so it's like there's obviously a huge Pharrell inspiration there. Timbaland, like, you know, those super producers, like they they transcended hip hop in a sense. Like what Timbaland was able to do with with um, you know, even like Justin Timberlake, like that's crazy. You know, that's crazy. Like to see where hip hop's still so young. And um, I didn't realize that when I was 12 years old, you know, and to see what they were doing with hip hop at the time and it and it fusing with pop music and you know, uh, yeah, I mean Tim's yeah. a big inspiration. And then Big Jim from Pittsburgh um has done a lot of work with Wiz and Mac. And it's like, bro, like Pittsburgh's not a big city. And to see someone doing that and doing it so well and E Dan, like that was really the motivation to get the software. There's these inspirations like Kanye and Dilla and everything, but like Pittsburgh didn't really, I didn't know that there was a scene in Pittsburgh. And then you hear about people like Big Sherman, E. Dan, really, really doing it. And there's plenty more. But those names, and that's where it was really like, oh, maybe I could do this too. That was like really where that that inspiration for self, like to to create came from. Hey, Jeremy, E. Dan, man. I know you sat down and, and seen them go to work before being out there in the bird, man. How, how are, as far as um the artistic, you know, like atmosphere sitting there and soaking up some of the sauce that, 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 that they putting out. Um, how, how does that, how has that influenced you? Uh, it, it, it's like, it's still surreal to, um, to, to sit with those dudes or just even speak with them because, you know, there's, they're larger in my life. They're, they're, you know, larger than life to me. They are on the level of everyone I just mentioned. So it is like sitting with Kanye. It is like sitting with that. And, um, yeah, man, it's surreal to see them do their thing. And and they're just so passionate. They're not, like, it's so about music with them. Like, it's so pure. And to be around that and to be around that energy and just see it be so pure, man, like, that's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy to go in there and see those plaques. And it's not about the accolades and things like that, but to see that, you know, this can be something you do full time. Um, you know, this can be your job. Like, to me, that's crazy, bro. Like, I was playing trombone in fourth grade because I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? I never thought I was going to make a living off of off of music. You know, and to see there with two people who've made a living, who who do that every day and, and get to do what they love every day, like, man, you can't put that into words, how inspiring that is. It's almost poetic. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And to see that fire and just to see that love, the love that goes into something and that pureness, like the selflessness that goes into it, too, like no ego attached to it. Just this is what I love to do. This is me doing it Um, and really having no expectations of it. You know, that's it's beautiful, man. It's absolutely, absolutely beautiful. And, And, you know, Outside of production shit, like Wiz and Mac were such, such big influences. Like being from Pittsburgh, like it's crazy, man. Like, you know, I got to see a lot of that firsthand too, where we're like just like one one plane of gas 
glass right there that I could see um, a lot more more with Mac. And, um, you know, it was tougher to say when I was younger that Mac was a big inspiration because he's a year and a half younger than me. You right. know, when you're, right. when you're in your late teens, early 20s, you don't want to say people, you know, I'm very comfortable saying now Mac Miller is a huge influence on, you know, most and anybody from Pittsburgh at that time, like, not just what he was doing creatively, but just the fact that he was doing it. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh is a small, small city to see someone, you know, do what he did and like, even though he's not here anymore, what he's still doing, you know, like yeah. that's just unreal, bro. Like unreal. Like we're not a big city, man. Like we're not. The sports teams make us look bigger than we are a lot, but we're not a big city. There's no musical infrastructure here. And and those dudes, like, you know, they all, all deserve statues for what they've done for the city and what they've done for for kids like me, man, you know, and kids across the nation. Yeah, big facts. And, and uh, I don't know if you ever watched the uh, verses. I'm sure you have. But, uh, yeah. like, even when, when Swizz and, uh, uh, and, um, my man Timbaland. Timbaland was going, yeah, when they were going at each other, uh, man, I, I forgot some of the tracks that they put out. You know what I mean? You, you, it slips your mind. It slips your mind. Yeah. Like, oh man, the producers, you know, they really got their fingertips and stuff. So some of the tracks they were playing, I was like, damn, that's a Tim track? You know? Bro, like, damn, that's a Swiss track? 100%. 100%. You really forget, like, because you have this idea in your mind of what they're going to play or like what songs have resonated with you the most and then you sit back and you hear it and you're just like wait what the, the fuck like i like how did i forget about this moment in time is that this hit like the the big one for me was the premiere in rizzo like that was the ultimate you know and like to one hear some of their choices of what like what they thought were the best 20 to play and then I don't know, and then like going back through their catalogs and like Premier did that Christina Aguilera joint back in the day. Right. I could never, you know, and it's like, wait, what? Like this is, I, I was such a kid that I didn't think anything of it. But you know, you grow and you learn more about about these people, and you're like, that's fucking insane that Premier was doing a Christina Aguilera joint, and like that's what it sounded like and, and everything and. Yeah, the verses were the verses were tight, man. I mean, they're still going on. I haven't paid like, you know, I got it in my mind at one point. Like, uh, you know, these people are, are uh, showcasing their legacy, and I'm a witness to it. And it's like I should maybe be focusing more on on my legacy. And it became harder and harder to tune into them. They were so frequent. Um, you know, I, I started like using it motivation when they were going on that I needed to go into to be in the studio and working on it myself. Um, and that's kind of where I've been at. But me, man, I mean, during quarantine, what more could you ask for than these legends? Like not only hearing them play the music, but the stories behind it. Exactly. Like to understand how some of those things come to fruition and like what it meant to them. Like, yo, that's so unreal to be looking to an artist like um you know to be a fly on the wall of like how things were created like that's so mm -hmm. special 
And, and a lot of times when I listen to people's music, right, it's like a timepiece. It's like how they were feeling in that moment or what they were going through in that moment. Um, can you say the same thing for you as far as the tracks that you produce? Ha have you noticed like the transition of your music over time? Oh, yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah, I could tell you like the headspace like that I was in when I when I made a lot of beats because like my feeling of towards the song or the beat is a hundred percent like based out of that. <laughs> you got lead like, head of shit. <laughs> oh, bro, so many, so many. I won't say any specifically <laughs> because I don't want to ruin anybody's idea of any songs. Right. But like certain beats when people like they're like, man, that's my favorite shit. I'm like, really? Like that's because like what this shit like what this shit is with production is like you know, I have music in my head and I'm trying to transcribe that. And like the best beats to me are when I nail that. Like I have a song in my head and I capture that a hundred percent. Those are my favorite beats. So I don't look at it subjectively. I look at like, did I capture what I was going for that day? Did I capture the move, the groove? Like, you know, did I, did I get out what I wanted to get that day? And, um, yeah, so there's certain joints where people love it, and I'm like, oh, I wanted that to be, like, a little bit more like this, and I didn't really capture it. <laughs> so, you know, it's like a little bit tortured artist thing with that, like, why does that not, you know, but, um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I could tell you the exact headspace I was at. I could probably tell you if I had a fight with my girl that day, <laughs> I could probably tell you. You know, I could probably tell you if I got into it with the guy, like with the Uber driver on the way to the studio and where my headspace was with that, like, you know, like, because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm putting myself, I'm putting my energy into this music and, and I'm trying to get out what's in my head so I can get a little bit of peace for that day or a little bit of clarity. So, yeah, I could definitely tell you, you know, where I was at. Um sure. You know, hey, speak on, uh, I was going to ask, Go speak on some of the uh, energy you brought to Made With Love, the new uh, Made, jazz yeah. project. Made With Love, um, my favorite track that I produced on there, um, just beat-wise, was Down Bad, which is the opening track. Um, and that was really one of the first ones that Jamis and I had made in person together. Excuse me. And we were just getting past that like real we were just really getting comfortable with one another and really getting an idea of what we expected from one another and like you know you got to be comfortable like it's such an intimate music's such an intimate thing you really got to be comfortable with the person when they're sitting sitting three feet away from you to like get out of your head and do that and and down with that i felt like was the first one and it really set the tone and it meant a lot to me that he put it as as the first track like i just made it with love from a dude that's you know 18 inches away from me i made it with love you know and, and it really captured all of that and that was that was the energy on that track you know and it's it's upbeat it's like let's get it you know what i mean it's super vibey and um yeah, I felt like um, that was the jump off point. And then like Kush for Breakfast, that was the same thing. Like we knew what we wanted to do and we really, really captured it on that. And that was the energy. Like I, 
we knew we had a rough idea of when we wanted the project to come out, which was pretty much exactly when it came out. Um, and we wanted to capture what we wanted people to feel. You know, we wanted people to, like when people listen to that project, like I, I don't care if it's raining out, like it, when you're listening to that it, to escape or to get through a bad day, I want you to feel that that sunshine on you, right. that feel good. And, and, and that's what the energy was in the room. And I think we really, you know, we really transferred that to music, you know, and, and that was the energy, man. I, I think, you know, I'm really, really happy, really, really proud of that project. Um, and I think that really came through on the music. Hey, post-performance, post post-festivities, back in the studio, you guys threw a track on. I ain't gonna speak on it. But hey, man, he was like, "Man, that's the Billy Hoyle beat." I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "I was like, this joint played played a hundred times." I'm sitting here listening to him working and recording. I'm like, "Man, this is this is it right here." You know, I don't know if you want to speak on that, but uh, man, the the, 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 hey, the hey the synergy. I mean, you know that you guys have together. You know what I mean? It's just like it's on point right now, and I, and I know that took some time developing. You know, he had an idea. And one of the really important things of the producer artist relationship is just being under, being able to understand each other. Like him telling me what sound or vibe he's going for, that being able to resonate with me and then me being able to transfer into that. So he hit me up with an idea, just like an overall sound. And that night I just sat down, like I tapped into that. I made like three or four um, and kind of like the same space. And um, that was the result of one of them. And man, like, I felt like we really, really came into our own on that one. Like that was exactly what it needed to be. It was exactly what we both wanted. And um, I'm really excited for that one, for surely. Like that one, yeah, uh, a <laughs> lot of the, you got to tap me in, Billy. You got to tap me in. <laughs> that was so much fun for me, just getting out of Pittsburgh, being in that environment, um, you know, hearing that, and really, like, you know, really reading the room and, like, everybody just fucking with it. Like, you know, we live for that. We we do live for that. That's what, that's what feeds us a lot of the time. Like, that's what keeps you going creatively sometimes. It's like, oh, yeah, like, I don't. I'm on to something here. So yeah, that was that was a really special one. And then for him to go in and just like, you know, nail it, nail it and just like really capture what he wanted to do. And then to hear that back, like, you know, we cruised home and uh cruised back to jam spot just bumping that. And yeah, man, that shit was incredible, bro. Hey, hey, we hey, we got a little bit over a minute, Billy. Uh, just real quick, man. Um, we appreciate you coming on, obviously, man. Uh, you know. The card, no, we know what you do, you know. We and we uh, appreciate you coming on and telling your story. If you had something to to say to like new producers who are coming out or who want to get into producing the music, you know, what what would it be? Some advice. Uh, just keep going. You know, you're gonna have creative droughts and you're gonna have moments of being unsure and you're gonna fight with imposter syndrome. But if you really, really love this and it's something you want to do and it helps you, just keep going, you know, keep moving forward. If you have to like step away from it for 
for a minute and come back to it, um, do that. You know, find different ways to create, find, find different spaces, experiment. You know, a lot of time you get creative block. If you just experiment, a, a lot of times I get creative block. What I have to do is step away from it and realize I'm expecting too much. I'm expecting to sit down and walk away with something. That's not why I do this. You know, that's not why you shoot free throws. You know, it's not a game time situation. It, it, it's so that when you are in a game time situation and, and you know, it's fourth quarter and there's 20 on the clock and you're dead tired that you can nail that you can zone in and focus you hit those creative blocks like work through it Billy Hoyle, what up? direction nobody gave it to us we learned our own lessons been through it all it's hard to surprise me when i was in the burg it felt like perfect timing trying to figure out the purpose that i'm providing make music if you grinding and that music if you crying i make that music make you think about your legacy ask yourself why you living like you dying when there's much more life is abundant in high school I was failing the subjects, I follow my dreams, now I'm blowing the budget And these Billy Hoyo beats feel like cookies out the oven There's nothing you can't tell me I can't do, I'm too capable Hit that rock bottom, bounce back, I'm unbreakable J-A-M-S, the flow is unmistakable Been through it all, man, I'm too relatable And I'm zoned out, zoned out, zoned out Zoned out, zoned out, zoned out, zoned out And I'm zoned out Never stressing on what I don't have You don't need to look back when you came this far To my back on the doubt, keep my eyes to the stars Zoned out, zoned out, zoned out And I'm zoned out You don't need to look back when you came this far To my back on the doubt, keep my eyes to the stars They say you don't judge a man during his struggle You judge a man on how he bounces back from that struggle That struggle 